There's been a lot going on, uh, in particular, that quite frankly, discouraging display that was the one million march for children earlier this week. Our inbox has not been this slammed in a while, and we are responding by presenting an extended duration trash time. Johnny, you trying to make me pass out or what? I love that you got your mask on there. I was talking full face mask, full face mask. Hey, what about this one from Michael? And by uh, by the way, although we're going to be talking about an event that said it was for the kids, this trash talk is not for the kids because a lot of you are, well, you're saying what you think without hesitation, and that's the beauty of it. Michael says, I've been doing my best to ignore this event, this Million March for Kids, because frankly, I'm just so tired of right-wing fuckwads and their BS. The endless stream of hate is something I needed to take a break from, but what I saw during that march was about as un-Canadian as anything I've witnessed in my nearly 70 years in this country and I'm pretty sure I know why I feel that way it's because this isn't Canadian it's true that Canadians were involved and it took place in Canada but there's big money behind the types of productions like what we saw and I choose the word production deliberately because this was as orchestrated as anything you'd see in a movie theater there's an international right wing movement well funded and they're roaming the globe looking for anything they think they can exploit doesn't matter what the issue is any functioning democracy will do because this is part of a global effort to eliminate democracy. They'll use any excuse like using kids exploiting them for their own sick and sad purposes. Michael said I don't know where this is going or how it's going to end but in the near future expect more of these hate parades even here in Canada it's Trumpism which doesn't even really have much to do with Trump himself anymore. He could keel over, be tossed in a jail cell. It wouldn't matter. Trumpism is out of the box. It's loose in the world and it can show up anywhere. Canada's got a taste of it and for many of us, it was the same free, dumb convoy energy we've seen before. No sincerity, no real issues, just hate. That from Michael. Here's another one from another Michael, who says to all you Alberta lefties and centrists and progressive conservatives, get off your asses! This province is heading in a dangerous direction, and apathy deserves a lot of the blame. Michael says, I attended the counter-protest at the Alberta Teachers Association on Wednesday. I was discouraged to see that this far-right group outnumbered allies by about three to one. He says that was later confirmed by news video shot from a helicopter. I shot. I thought that for sure we could muster a group bigger than them. I believe that they're just a fringe minority that they're misguided often hateful very scared fear-mongering and worst of all wearing plain and very uncolorful clothes but they are loud and proud <laughs> i know right that's hit where it hurts does michael he says ironically loud and proud and the silent majority needs to get off our asses and show them that take back alberta and the far right will not take our beloved province i became the chair of my kids parent advisory council he says not a big deal he says i took our toddler to the counter protest to add to the numbers i'm working to stay informed on progressive issues and i'm doing everything i can so take a stand everybody and specifically to the protesters many of whom claim to be christians jesus did not say let the straight white able-bodied wealthy children come to me he said let the children come to me and do not hinder them so if jesus didn't discriminate and there's evidence through the new testament that he didn't why the hell do you that from michael this from Laura, who wonders, when did hate become okay? I was stuck in traffic during that protest, the counter-protest. I believe in the right to protest, but the actions of the individuals involved were sickening. As a teacher to young kids, I believe it's our right to protect and care for students. So I sat in my car in shock 
of what I watched unfold around me. On my right, students, parents, teachers, allies of the LGBTQ2S plus community standing up against hate. On my left, pure hatred. Hatred that made me fear for those standing up for the right to be who they want to be. The right to be seen as an individual in the community who's loved and cared for equally. In my immediate view, there were young kids standing with parents shouting hateful words across the street and then young adults driving by shouting words of hate out their windows. The scene broke me, says Laura. Tears of sadness started flowing and didn't stop. I couldn't believe what I was witnessing. Now, I don't live in a bubble, but when did this all become okay? Like adrenaline came through to me, but then anger built very quickly. The tears kept flowing, and I wanted my car to become a shield to those who stood in fear. When did it become okay to single out individuals and make them fear for their lives? When did it become okay for anger and hate to be projected on the innocents? Most of all, when did it become okay to teach children to hate? Maybe the parents and protesters involved should consider this. If you love your children, leave them out of hateful protest. Instead, stay at home. Teach your kids about acceptance and difference of opinion. Stop and learn alongside your child about inclusivity. Teach them how to speak out of love, not hate. Laura says, I'll continue to do my best to support and love every child that enters my classroom. It's a safe space, and it's going to stay that way. That from Laura. What about this one from Alexia, who says, Jespo, Johnny, I'm riding in with a heavy heart. My friends and I walked in silence toward downtown Calgary earlier this week, not sure what to anticipate. I visited the website for that One Million March for Children. I was disturbed, to say the least. It seemed to be another small and simple case of misinformation. And it became clear as soon as we arrived that this was rooted in misinformation. I was in shock by what I saw and the hateful things being yelled at us, especially alarming the line of children at the front of the crowd yelling in anger and giving us the middle finger. She says, uh, you know, they believe that they're being indoctrinated, kids are, by this curriculum, which makes space for trans and queer kids to be themselves. She says, I'm a 33-year-old queer woman, and I've never experienced anything like this in my life. I've never witnessed such a large group of people spewing so much hateful rhetoric toward the queer community. Is this Canada? Where are we in the world? What year is it? And how did we get there? Children are not being castrated. Children in Canada are not having gender-affirming surgery. Being queer does not equate to pedophilia. This is an old, hateful argument that is resurfacing. She says, I'm not even angry. I'm disappointed in our leaders. I'm sad and I'm frightened and my heart is heavy. That from Alexia. Gerald wrote in to say, Jespo, thank you for reading our thoughts. Thanks for giving us a chance to sound off. But I want to call you out. Gerald says, at the time of, uh, I was listening to your pod with, uh, pod with uh, Jennifer Laywetz. Remember that? Out of Saskatchewan. She was at the conservative convention. Says, I thought you let her off the hook for not being in the room when they were voting on the trans thing. Uh, but now after the protests and the leak and, and Pierre and all that, I wasn't there. It just doesn't strike me as an acceptable answer. She danced around the topic. And maybe I'm more calling her out uh, because you did try to get an answer. But but this isn't just trans kids in school. As you say, uh, I said on last Friday with Michelle's email, this is about trying to erase people. So if Jennifer or other Conservative Party members can't answer to their party's stance on actual decency and respect to a person's right to exist, how can I believe that they'll tackle housing or health care or addiction care with compassion and respect? That from Gerald. 
fair play, Gerald. This from Jack, who says, you know, I've been a longtime follower of Alberta politics and what's going on with the GOA, the government of Alberta, regardless of who forms it, which party it is. But for about the past year, I've noticed a distinct change in how the government's releasing certain types of statements. In past years, if a minister was releasing a statement recognizing a special day or a special week or something like that, gender equality week, the statement would go out as a standalone item. It would be released the same way as every other announcement. Now, the practice seems to be that certain statements are issued by a summary email earlier in the day. It takes the headline out of the mix. It hides the content of the email. Now, if Daniel Smith's government doesn't want people to know about Minister First's statement on Gender Equality Week, or if they don't want the public to see Minister Sani's statement on Consent Week, or things like World AIDS Day, or recognizing Treaty 6, or Local Food Week, now, I'm not trying to cherry-pick here, but these need to be highlighted. We just witnessed how the Premier handles crises of public safety, how willing she is to get in front of a camera and be supportive to Albertans. I'm not talking about buying happiness. I'm talking about increased violence to people in marginalized communities. I cannot say with certainty that I believe the Premier will be there when she needs to in front of a camera. Instead, a statement buried somewhere in a summary email And I'm supposed to believe that the government, me, as an out gay man in Alberta, is welcoming or supportive of people like me? I don't buy it. That from Jack. And finally, this from Janet, who tees up one of the things that we'll be really digging into when we're back, when we're back in a week from now. And that is the Alberta Pension Plan. Janet says, I'm a fourth-generation Albertan Jespo opposed to a made-in-Alberta pension plan. We have real challenges in Alberta, and our pension is not one of them. I demand that the government focus on health care and education and begin to adequately fund public services. There is no necessity or advantage to leaving the federal pension plan. The decision will create distraction across the country when we could be working collaboratively to develop innovative solutions to the challenges challenges like human-caused climate change, food and water security, healthcare shortfalls, education, and human rights in the province of Alberta. I'm so disappointed to see this distraction take the lead in our dialogue with the rest of the nation. Janet says, I'm a proud Canadian, and it is my right to receive the Canada pension when I retire. Why are people trying to take my rights away? It's unreasonable, and it's greedy to use this partisan, baked-up-in-Alberta report and Albertan resources to fund a stupid fight. That from Janet. You can send us your trash talk anytime to talk at ryanjesperson.com. It is proudly presented by our friends at Local Environmental Services. Johnny and I will be gone for a week. We'll still be active on our social media platforms. You'll still see us out and about around town, and we'll see you back here the week after. Hey, thanks for supporting Real Talk. Thanks for liking and subscribing to our content and telling your friends. And most of all, thanks for being part of important conversations like today's. We'll talk to you soon. 